Welcome back to the Infidel Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Jess. And good good day, good morning, evening, whatever, Truman Show. If I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I'm glad we both went to the same show. Because <laughs> as you were saying Truman Show, I was like, and if I don't see you, uh, I love the Truman Show. Great, it's great movie. A great movie. Also you know, caused a lot of psychological problems for people. Did it? Thinking they were in the Truman Show, that that was their life. Really? Like in real life? Yeah. I mean, I say for people, not many people probably believe that. But just think, if you're a little bit paranoid, seeing that movie can make you a lot more paranoid because it's a new, it was a new thing in the 90s when that movie came out, or 2000s. I don't actually know when that movie came out. Yeah, now we look around and there's literally a camera everywhere yeah it's not it's not a thing anymore like oh someone's recording my life yeah it's me yeah well and facebook and google and apple yeah and instacart probably instacart i don't think i've ever used instacart before oh what is instacart instacart is basically uh from what i gather you say what groceries you want you say where you want them from and someone goes does the grocery shopping for you Really? Oh, yep. I need that. It oh. was, it, and they like text you back and forth as they're shopping just in case they can't find things. It wasn't super big until, you know, pandemic hit. And then it kind of became like a really big thing. Also a really useful tool in fighting a pandemic. Yeah, except for the people who actually have to go out and, you know, do well, the, <laughs> do the well, thing. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm saying like what it does is it reduces foot traffic in stores. Yeah. If you have one, if you have like one person doing the grocery shopping for like 20 people, that means that's 19 fewer people who are going into a store. So it reduces the interaction because Instacart just like puts the stuff curbside on your, in, on your porch. So there's no touch between you and the Instacart person. All right, I'm going to have to check that out. But this video is not sponsored, or not this video. This isn't a video. This podcast is not sponsored by Instacart. <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, there are other services that do the same thing uh, in some fashion. Uh, okay. And so that that's just one of them. So that idea, that concept is actually, uh, from what I've heard, is a very important concept when you're trying to reduce interactions between people, which seem to be kind of the thing that we're trying to do this day and age is it reduced is the, same. the number. And this, and this pandemic has brought a, uh, a whole new level of economic uncertainty, poverty, and loneliness to millions of people. And I think that it's only going to get worse as uh, people start getting evicted from their homes yeah. because the, the suspension on uh, landlord and landlord uh, evictions and a lot of that stuff is kind of coming to an end and uh, a lot of landlords have already started to file for petitions to evict and pretty soon I'm sure since those filings are already in the courts are just waiting on the actual suspension to take place uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be kicked out of the house because they're not working and uh, they haven't been working for months. They probably have are, you know, they probably have months worth of bills due uh, on their rent. Probably can't afford, you know, basic necessities, 
food for their kids, any of that stuff. So it's kind of a, a weird time to, to witness. Yeah. The, Makes uh, you wonder if uh, UBI is something that uh, might actually be a good idea. Universal basic income. Um, yeah, I think there's, uh, there's a case to be made that UBI might tend to cause inflation, but I, I, I would counter that with what other economic programs that we have don't cause inflation. Like <laughs> yeah, that's true. Inflation <laughs> happens. Uh. I mean, it's accelerated by the fact that we just print that the federal reserve just prints money willy nilly without any sort of, you know, regard for the economic impact of that or the devaluing of the dollar. The dollar is only backed by the, by the military might of the, of the United States without the, without, um, well, no, it's backed by our belief in the dollar. It's backed by our belief in the dollar, but globally it's backed by military might. Well, it's also it. backed by their belief in the dollar. Yeah. The whole, let's face it, money is a social construct and don't think about it too much. <laughs> because even if it's backed by gold, what makes gold so valuable? Because we say it's valuable. It's right. just a rock. Precisely. Yeah. No, totally, totally agree with you. Like, fact, there, there are a lot of rocks out there that are a lot rarer than gold that, you know what, I don't care about buying. That's actually a really good segue into our topic for the day because um, today we're talking about video games and about yes. uh, how they can perform as a, as a construct for escapism. Yes. And I'm glad that you mentioned gold and monetary value and all the other stuff because... Uh, if you're somebody who enjoys Fallout 76, like I do, then you're one of the three. I'm I'm one of the three. <laughs> Sorry. So it's definitely not. So we, let's say that Fallout 76 got off on a uh, uh, on a moldy start. <laughs> just just mistake after mistake, from from the promotional packages to the rollout to the glitches uh, to the accidentally emailing so everyone everybody's email. <laughs> So many problems that yeah. Bethesda ran into with Fallout 76. I mean, though, it is Bethesda. They do have a lot of glitches. That's that's their MO. Yes. But, I mean, okay. So, let's. I'll address that in just a second. But, in the latest uh, update, not the latest, but one of the latest updates they released, uh, the Wastelanders add-on for Fallout 76. And that add-on if you, I haven't played it yet, but I've seen playthroughs of it on the YouTubes uh, from one of my favorite YouTubers, Miniature Nerd. And uh, that add-on centers around the idea that in a post-apocalyptic West Virginia, Appalachia world, um, society is beginning to rebuild and people are starting to come back. Because, you know, when you open Fallout 76, it's a it's nothingness, right? There's nobody else there except for the people who get out of the vault. Right? I guess you're the one who's telling us this. I'm telling you're the, only the story. One who's played it. That's why I'm telling you the story. So oh, anyway. spoilers for Fallout 76 for the three of you who are Nobody thinking gives about a playing shit it. about Fallout 76. I promise you. I'm probably the only one who cares about this. But I'm just telling you this because of the link that it has to what we were just talking about. So anyway, people are starting to come back, repopulate, and there's a secret vault that is... Uh, 
that was stood up before the war. If you know anything about fallout lore, you know about the great war and nuclear annihilation and all this other stuff, but there's like a secret vault, there's complete spoilers here that have that the federal government uh, stashed like tons of gold in. It's like the ultimate treasure trove of gold. So the people in, in, in the Appalachian wasteland are trying to get into the vault so that they can establish a new form of, of currency using the gold that's in the vault. And one of the debates within that, uh, because it's an RPG, right? So you get to make choices and everything. So one of the debates is, is it worth it to attempt to establish a new currency with gold? Because just like you said, the value of gold is determined by the people who use it, right? So we, did, like, we the players, or we in real life, decide what something is valued. And so it's just interesting that you said that because I was just looking at that and uh yeah you're right absolutely yep. we we assign value to things and so i want to talk about go ahead i was gonna say another example real quick for those of you who did not play fallout 76 there's a possibility that you played the legend of zelda ocarina of time oh okay and if you played detail detailed in that you played and you got the uh the uh magic beans uh where you could plan around the all around hyrule and you could get up to 10 of them and the first one costs 10 rupees, the second one 20, the third one 30, and it keeps going up. And the reason why they keep costing so much is because more and more people are buying them. Right. So the inflation is there because they are actually becoming valuable, whereas the first one, nobody bought them yet. So there's right. just another example of how these beans, which have no value, suddenly have value. Uh, and therefore, the price of them keeps going up. And if, you, if you're a completionist, you have to buy all 10 of them. Yeah. So you can plan it and you get really cool stuff for doing it. So that's why people do it. So there's uh, another example, uh, not as detailed because Ocarina of Time came out in 98 and not 2018, 2019. Well, this, this add-on that I'm talking about specifically came out just this year. Oh, okay. For yeah. Fallout 76. 2020. <laughs> because Fallout 76 is when it released, uh, you know, had a rough start and they've added stuff to it since then to make it better and make it more tolerable to play. I feel sorry if Fallout keeps making games for like the next hundred years and they get to Fallout 75 and then the next one they're like, what do we call it? Yeah. Well, they are. So here's in other news. They're making uh, a Fallout TV series on Amazon Prime. Oh. Uh, they just announced that a few weeks ago, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Because every time I've seen a video game transition into a TV series or a movie, it usually comes out not so great, maybe with a few exceptions. <laughs> but, I've heard good things, obviously, about... Well, I don't know if it's obvious. Good things about the Sonic movie, good things about Detective Pikachu, and good things about Castlevania, which is a Netflix series. So I never watched the Sonic movie, but... Neither have I. I need to. I hear great things about it, though. I did watch the... Uh, the uh, Everything Wrong With Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> you know how... You know the TV, yeah. the, the YouTube channel, Everything Wrong With So I did watch that, and um, it was it was pretty funny. So I got kind of an idea for what happened because it kind of just spoils everything whenever you watch those 
Um, so if you feel like watching a movie and don't want to watch the movie, watch the everything wrong with, then you'll realize why you didn't want to watch the movie. So, yeah. yeah. I love everything wrong with. Yeah. I think the thing about everything wrong with that people forget is like, yes, they're film critics, but also this is just a joke series. They're yeah. having fun with it. Yeah. Half the sins they give are just stupid. So yeah. don't take it too seriously. If you they give don't a sin take... for like title screens and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't take it seriously, you're okay. They give a sin if it, uh, if the name of the movie is actually said in the movie. Right. Yeah. Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got a link. We yeah. got a link to, to everything wrong with, cause there's a video game version of everything wrong with too. Yes. It used to be good. Wait, it, Wait, Everything Wrong With has a video game version? Yeah, they did one for Fallout 4. Everything Wrong With Fallout 4. I think they did one for like all the Fallouts. and There's all kinds of... Yeah. There I is. don't think that's actually run by the same people, is it? Well, it's, it might. I don't know. but I was thinking Honest Trailers. The Honest Trailers is... Oh, there is... Yeah, yeah. There is one for that, too. Honest Trailers and Everything Wrong With sometimes do crossovers. Yeah. They have like a connection. They'll sometimes do things together. There was uh, one there, movie that Neil deGrasse Tyson was on. He's our favorite person in the world. Oh, golly. It was Interstellar, it, it was, I think. It was Interstellar. <laughs> I was literally, there was a new Vsauce 2 video. I love Vsauce, all three of them. And a new Vsauce 2 video just came out, and it was featuring Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I did the world's biggest nope. <laughs> I like, love Vsauce too, but I am not watching that. I almost wanted to report it, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> report it. This contains no, can't say it. No, I'm gonna say it. Look it up. You know what I'm talking about. Now, if you haven't looked that up, you you should. Kind of a running theme in our our show to shit on Nilgrass It's the insiders versus the outsiders, and he is the outsider. Yeah. Well, be in the cool kids club. Don't like him. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it, it's the best part is we don't even say why we're doing it, right? But it's, I mean, yeah. given the context of the day, you can kind of figure it out. Yeah, especially with Epstein and Trump, Biden, and uh, so many other issues going on. Yeah, do you talk about? Well, anyway, I don't want to talk about that right now. I was thinking about. The whole Tom Hanks thing, but we won't talk about that right now. Um, no, let's not get into that. <laughs> uh, Nothing bad about Tom Hanks, unless no. you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, not a conspiracy, not just a conspiracy theorist, but that brand of <clears throat> conspiracy yeah. theorist. There, there are conspiracy theorists that uh, the U.S. government is highly hiding uh, alien information, and there's conspiracy theories about uh, the U.S. government is sending us messages through tweets. Uh, there's a difference in conspiracy theories. <laughs> We've already been over this. We've been over this once. We can rehash it in another episode. In another That's episode true. Now. Let's let's rehash it right now. Now, uh, so the thing completely thing, deviating uh, from the objective of the yeah. entire episode here. Just cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing about video games is when we're talking about like this economy and how everything's bad, uh, which it's true. A lot of industries are not doing well, and some industries are doing really well such as, you know, like food services. The face, mask, <laughs> the face mask industry is doing outstanding today. Yeah. <laughs> because that was a thing two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> People were making face masks left and right. <laughs> uh, but uh, another industry that's doing really well right now is the video game industry, at least the 
big players. Let's face it, the the underdogs never do well in any industry, pretty much. Yeah. But the major players are doing well. Like Nintendo released Animal Crossing: New Horizons on March twentieth um, of this year. It was planned for March twentieth since that date was given at E three twenty nineteen, so June twenty nineteen, uh, and it was supposed to be on the first day of spring because animal crossing does like this seasonal thing i think is why they released on that day so if you remember in the timeline like five days before that the world health organization said we're in a pandemic right everyone and then everybody was like let's all lock down right and then animal crossing which is a game where you go to a tropical island and play and you can visit other people's islands Right. And interact with them and you can do all these fun games and play all these games came out. Uh, that, that game came out and everybody and a lot of people bought it. Yeah. To give you an idea of how many people bought it in its first six weeks, it sold 13.41 million copies. That Jeez. doesn't seem like a lot. Maybe if you're like, well, Grand Theft Auto sold like 50 million or something like that. But that puts it 4 million copies behind the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Super Mario Odyssey. Right. And I think Pokemon, like four to five million copies behind. In six weeks, it outsold these games that have been out for like six months to three years. Yeah. And so people just ate it up. And it was not, they, I don't think they were expecting to sell 13 million over its entire lifespan. Right. Uh, definitely not in six weeks. Yeah. So. It's a the, great, uh, it, it was escapism. So, and that's kind of the, the thesis of today's conversation is, especially in a time like this, when everyone is, well, not everyone, when a lot of people are stuck at home and there's not a lot to do. Uh, I even, even my video game playing has gone up. Yeah. uh since the Same. since the since the pandemic started although i don't have many video games here i've been playing a lot of uh retro games one of them being super mario world uh <laughs> in our in pencil plays series which you can catch on youtube plug yes we uh <laughs> we're getting near the end of it but hey guess what the wonderful thing about youtube is you can start at any time that's right. Uh, the videos will be there. You can watch them in reverse order, and it would be weird. Yeah, you, you, if you watch them in reverse order, you'll watch us devolve in the ability to make a playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> because those early days were rough. Well, we've learned we've learned a lot about it, and yeah. that's what was kind of the point of the entire thing. Yeah, was, and uh, I mean, it's not it's not a perfect series. We're still learning. We're still new at this. We. We decided to, we decided to do all these creative endeavors back in February. So, you know. yeah, and my creative output has uh, greatly increased. And I'm not even stuck at home. I'm still working. Like I still have to go to work every single day. For I work like ten hours a day, every single day. So, um, but still, um, I, I I can work from home, though I too am technically an essential employee. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone really should be an essential employee, and everyone should be employed and uh, businesses should be allowed to make decisions for themselves, really, not the one to shut down instead of having the heavy hand of government come in and say you're going to shut down. This but, is where Adam and I disagree. <laughs> we're talking I about video think, games yeah. right now. We're not talking about 
pandemic uh, failed pandemic policy by the U.S. government right now. I talk about that in my other YouTube or my other fucking uh, podcast podcast, which you can check out somewhere. Yeah, wherever (laughs) you get your on liberty podcasts. Exactly. YouTube, I think it's on YouTube. It is on YouTube, and it's on other Spotify and. Uh, it's not on as many places as in pencil podcast is because I didn't push it out to that many places um, no. yet. No. But let, let me plug my failed YouTube channel that I've had around that I have not uploaded to in over a year. No. Okay, do that. Go ahead. I'm not going to. Actually, I did <laughs> upload to it in like February. It was the last time I uploaded to it. So that's not over a year. That's yeah. less than a year. So I'm not plugging it. I'm actually kind of thanks to the in pencil podcast. Uh, YouTube channel. I'm just making it dormant. Yeah. At least for a while. Because hey, let's face it. I got to write about. I'm making so many videos about video games. You know why? Because right now, it's a rough time, and I just want to escape. Yeah. And I can't use sports because guess what? There ain't many. Well, there are about to be some. Whether there should is a totally different question. Yeah. Um, I think we kind of covered some of that in our last podcast. A little but, bit. But one thing that we can do is video games because here's the thing. Video games, everybody's always socially distant except for when they're not because uh, there are video game tournaments and uh, events that are not happening uh, in person in real life right now. Or unless you're my next door neighbor and you invite six fucking people over to play Mario Kart every goddamn uh, Saturday evening until 11 o'clock at night and when you're trying to sleep I'll get you anyway. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> personal, personal issue there. Not relevant to the conversation. I'm wondering um, your neighbor actually listens to the podcast. He's like, I think he's talking about me. I have an in pencil sticker on the back of my truck. <laughs> you have an in pencil sticker? Yeah. I don't even have an in pencil sticker. <laughs> I'll get you one. Don't worry. We're going to start making stickers. Um, yeah, put them where uh, wherever you put them wherever you get your normal stickers. <laughs> you know, on the back of your car, on the back of your computer, on the side on, of your on the side of your record shelf, which is where I keep a lot of uh, stickers. Also, yeah. in bathrooms, in public bathrooms. Yeah, that's a good place. For, uh, right next to I, the uh, for a good time, call this number. Yeah, etching. Yeah. Should put it um, like a, okay, so. So anyway, so are video games a good form of escapism? So here's the thing. All right. So I want to I I hit this real quick. So um, back in my day, which was... Today, it's still your ago. day. All right. So back <laughs> when I was a kid, um, it seemed like if you were somebody who play video games habitually is it's almost like a like a i'm trying to think of something to compare it to but it was looked down upon to be a gamer and to spend a lot of time playing video games because there were other things that you could be doing as a kid like things other things i did too like going out in the woods and building forts and going hunting those are all things we did too, but I also played video games as a kid and I built websites um, because I'm, you know, inclined to do so, I guess. Are any of those websites still up? 
No, definitely oh, not. That would be so. Oh, I wonder if they're on the <laughs> Wayback Machine or. No, I've removed them from the Wayback Machine. Ah, oh. not possible. Um, but uh, they were on there at one point, and I had them removed. But um, so. It's tree lost. Yeah, I know it's it's a shame, um, but video games have have traditionally it seems like been looked down upon as a form of entertainment, as an art, um, as a legitimate form of escapism. Meanwhile, um, movies and theme parks and you know traditional art forms, uh, TV, Jesus TV. Uh, has always been like widely accepted as like a legitimate form of escapism. Uh, like when I was growing up, TGIF, when you had Urkel and freaking Full House and Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Step by Step and all these other 90s TV shows on TGIF. Uh, were like they that was on TGIF? Well, I don't know if they, they were, were all on, TG- on TGIF were. at the same time. Yeah, Perfect Strangers. Remember that stuff? Perfect Strangers was on TGIF? For like, yeah. Yeah. My heyday of TGIF was when Boy Meets World was on it, which was, you know, mid to late 90s. Yeah. And Full House was already off TGIF by then. Yeah. But TV we should always... have a TGIF, TGIF podcast, of course. Oh, yes, we oh, should. Somebody has to have that. I kind of want to go looking that up and be like, I want to. Yeah, there's got to be some ways. Yeah. But anyway. TV has always been an acceptable form of escapism. And now we have, um, in this day and era, we have a uh, 24-hour news cycle. <laughs> I like your uh, pun there. Yeah. A 24-hour news cycle that considers itself news entertainment uh, to, to serve as, as a legitimate form of boomer escapism. Meanwhile, video games to a lot of people are still sort of um, people still turn their nose up to them. And if you're over a certain age, which I think at this point in life, I think we're over that age now. If we walk into GameStop, it's kind of a little bit weird for us to be going, for us to be going into GameStop now. Although I say I think video games are perfectly fine for for anyone of any age at this point. They've yeah. made them for everyone, right? But, yeah, like there are people in their 60s and 70s who were are like the, the greats of video game industry. So uh, yeah. they're still making video games. Yeah. Also, if you walk into a GameStop, people should look at you weird. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into the problems of GameStop in this particular episode. Uh, <laughs> we could. I mean. Let's not. It's It's such a tangent and it can go on for hours. That's true. That's true. Let's just say for the sake of... of a brevity let's just say GameStop has, has employed some pretty terrible business practices um, on a macro and a micro level when it comes to pretty much everything from price gouging to um, trade-ins to how they treat their employees to forcing their employees to ask for fucking stupid membership cards that nobody wants and nobody ever uses <laughs> to shoving uh, pre-orders down people's throats so exclusive is and all let's just say simple GameStop is the Neil deGrasse Tyson of the video game industry (laughs) oh yeah Yeah, I get why some people like it but also 
you should look more into it just to be sure if you want to be associated <laughs> with it. Fair. I say as someone who has bought plenty of stuff from GameStop because, hey, EB Games isn't around anymore. No, because they bought out, didn't GameStop bought out? I think games? they did. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, I will say just in general, especially in a, in a time that we're in, we keep kind of going off topic a little bit, but in general, what's the topic? Uh, su- Who cares? Support <laughs> your local. Su- I would say, you know, if, if you're able to support your local businesses, your local game stores, your local uh, shops, everything. Um, yeah. Like See in Nashville, you, you have Game Trader down there in Murfreesboro and and uh, Rivergate, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and some of them might have like curbside. Because I know going inside is not ideal at this time. Um, yeah. That's assuming these businesses are open. I'm not sure if they are. I have not been inside a business that wasn't, you know, for to get food in right. a while. Um, and there's reasons for that. There's scientific reasons why I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently is controversial these days. <laughs> but anyway... So back to like the the idea of like video games being considered an illegitimate form of escapism. I would counter that by saying video games, I think are like the ultimate form of artistic expression in some ways, because I think of all the different versions of art forms that go into making video games. You have graphic design, you have programming, you have uh, uh, writing, like, like screen, basically like screenplays. Yeah. In a lot of, in most cases, um, you have voice acting. You have motion uh, capture in some games. Yeah. So acting, like, basically, straight up acting. Yeah. And then when you sit down to play a game, especially with one of these games that like um, is really immersive and brings you into a world, uh, you, you can. It's almost like you're, I mean, you're having an experience, right? So you ha- I think that if you're playing a video game that's really immersive and, and gives you a really unique experience, that's probably more legitimate than just going to an art show. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying there's a more or less legitimate experience. I am. All, all, but, I think all art has its, is legitimate in some way. Yeah. Uh, but I will, I, w- I will say like, even even the games that aren't immersive, like, say like your Minecraft, you create. Yeah. It's like, here it oh, is. Oh yeah, and the creativity aspect. Yeah, absolutely. You create your own story. You literally do that in Minecraft. They have some stories. They have some like way you can go, but then you also can create your own way. And there are games where you can create, create your own journey. Yeah. Uh, I think we all did that back in the day where we beat the game the regular way. And then we're like, what are other ways we could beat this? Right. What are cool things we can do? What are little uh, things we can place on this game where we have to beat it a certain way? My first one was in Super Mario 64, beat TikTok Clock, for those of you who know this game, uh, yeah. with, the, with the everything stopped and get all seven stars with everything stopped. Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't the easiest thing in the world to do? Isn't the hardest? No. Yeah. But it, it was not how you're supposed to beat the game but it was possible with some really good jumps. And that was just my version of it. And I've seen a lot of cool versions. 
Right. And then we get into the, like, so being creative with, with the, the game that you have, um, if you go all the way back to Super Mario Brothers, your first playthrough of Super Mario Brothers, you probably didn't realize there was a warp zone in the for in the in one dash two and then whatever the other one there is that could uh, accelerate you through like four or five yeah four i think it's like four dash three four. or something it's one dash two i think it's four dash two five dash one i think maybe those are only three i don't know yeah. i'm not really good at the original super mario brothers well and then they have you know all the glitches and everything else that can accelerate you through the game for speedrunners. And speedrunning in and of itself is, I think, uh, um, it's like it's like it's, learning the game inside and out, so you can play it well. Yeah, there is. Uh, we'll have to link to it, but if you want to see like speedrunning, uh, speedrunning at its finest, and like what they have to do, uh, go watch Summoning Salt's video on YouTube of the. 4-2, the history of Super Mario Brothers' most infamous level, I think is what it's called. And it gets into the speedrunning of how they made 4-2, which is where you get one of the warp pipes, a way to get yourself into that warp pipe using the glitch perfectly. And it go, it's like a 20-minute video on the history of them finding the best way. And it just shows you like how much of an art it is and how much work and just tedium sometimes to yeah. to do this one thing, this one thing that saved, I believe it saves like a second. Right. Yeah. In the game. But that's so important to speedruns. So that's like the creative flex that you that your mind can do just with a single video game. Now video games from nineteen eighty five. Then you fast forward all the way to twenty twenty, we have things like uh, Minecraft, and I think uh, I never played Minecraft or Fortnite, but I think Fortnite has some like world building stuff in it too. Yeah. I've never played it before, but I've, I mean, I was just going off anecdotally what I've heard. But. It, it it is like uh, the thing about Minecraft. I mean, it has its own creative side too. I think it still has it, but you build things in my in Fortnite. Uh, you build structures to protect yourself or to make moves because you know you're. 100 enter and only one is supposed to is the winner and you've got like four minutes basically is i think how long the average game plays mm -hmm. out at most and so you just do all this really cool stuff and you have to go get supplies and then build the supplies and you're doing this very fast too but just this creative aspect of what supplies do i want what guns do i want because you can only carry a limited amount and where do i want to go right I guess Fortnite's still big. I'm not really sure. It's kind of not been as big. As I don't it used know. To be. But in the recent Fallout games, Fallout 4 and Fallout 76, there's world building. And then you, you think of a game that like you never thought you'd have world building in. And then they implement world building like Super Mario uh, and Super Mario Maker and Mario Maker 2. Like you're designing your own levels. So the level of creativity required to do that. So there's... Uh, real um, no. creative thought that goes yeah. into not just building a video game, but experiencing a video game and experiencing it in your own way. Yeah. Um, Fortnite still is big. It has 120,000 viewers currently on Twitch right now, so I think it's pretty big. Yeah. 
I would say so. Yeah, it's uh, it's third on Twitch. And those sandbox games have a right to be that big because of the unique experiences that you can offer yourself within those games. Like, um, you basically design your own. You know, they give you the tools, and you just design your own experience. So I think it's really cool. And um, and some games have had it where you can build your own games within it. Uh, like yeah. Portal is within. What was Portal? Was Portal Half Life? Yeah, I think it was like this, like a B side game or something to that. Yeah, it was. A, it was a mod off of Half Life. They basically created. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, what else? There were other games that were modified versions, like. That was, I think, I don't know if that was a fan mod or I think that was a developer mod of a game. I could be wrong on Portal. Not that big of an expert. But there have been games that were basically fan mods of other games. They just took that game file and they kind of played around with it and created big games out of it. Oh, yeah. And the modding community um, for a lot of games is enormous. Like So creative sandbox games, City Skylines, is an, is an incredible city building game like SimCity used to be. Um, and so there's a huge mining community for like most video games, but that community is enormous because they basically take, you know, mining communities take uh, what already exists <clears throat> in the game and they add on top of it and they manipulate it to make it work better uh, and to, to give it more features. Um, like the Fallout new vegas um in fallout 3 mining community uh those games came out 10 years ago 12 and 10 10 years ago for fallout new vegas and 12 years ago for uh fallout 3 and those mining communities are still enormous and people are still making huge game mods to them and when it comes to fallout 4 um people are literally developing entirely new games off of the engine for Fallout 4. They're just uh, from from scratch with voice acting and everything. People are de- designing their own thing. So the amount of creative input that goes into um, into gaming is, is underappreciated by general society. And uh, how many TV shows have you ever watched where you've had creative input into the TV show? How many movies have you ever watched where you've had creative input into the movies? You know what I mean? So... Yeah. Oh, uh, I think uh, Team Fortress was a mod off of Half-Life. Okay. Yeah. So I could be wrong on Portal, but... Well, Portal was like an add-on game for one of those... those, It was was a thrown-in game that turned out to be big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that was just... So that shows you, like, Team Fortress is a big game um, in some communities. So there's just a lot of, like, really big games that have been mods. And that's just the creative aspect. That's the escape. That's one way of escapism, but it's also just like learning uh, it, to do things and having fun doing it. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to think about it. Like, one of my favorite stories is uh, uh, I believe this is right Satoru Iwata, uh, who was the for, uh, former president of Nintendo. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, I think the creator of the Kirby series could be wrong on that. He may have, no, he may not have created. He was a part of the creation of Kirby. Uh, the guy who um, who does Super Smash Brothers, I think, also created Kirby. 
Okay. One of them. I can't remember. Anyway, but he uh, learned how to uh, program, I think, just by playing with a calculator or something. Yeah. That was like his early experience, just a basic calculator. And just it blew up into creativity. And he was a really good uh, programmer, designer, game designer, and was instrumental on things like the Wii, the DX, excuse me, the DS. Mm-hmm. and the switch even though he unfortunately passed two years before the switch came out he was big in creating those things yeah uh, and he was just a great designer and just started with a calculator yeah uh, so now you got to think of like what kids these days kids these days uh they're getting to start with like bigger things so if you're starting with like yeah. fallout and you're modding fallout at like 12 holy yeah. cow by the time you hit 30 you're going to have so many skills. Like what could you do? Yeah. Uh, You're starting so far ahead because you're, you know, you're standing on the shoulders of giants making even larger giants. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I wonder how, I wonder what like the average 15 year old now thinks of like um, space invaders or you know what I mean? yeah. pac-man or some of those really um i hate pac-man not because yeah, no, i say i hate pac-man not because it's a bad game but because we talked about our friend donnie uh we used to play arcades all the time believe it or not we were able to find arcades which still is hard to do after like the mid 90s but yeah. occasionally we'd find them and we'd play and he would always beat me he was so good at Pac-Man and I hated that game because I never could beat him. Yeah. <sighs> Same for wow. this Pac-Man. See, I, I can never get past the first level on Pac-Man. I just get frustrated and, and get, be done with it. But I, do like, enjoy, I do enjoy Tetris. Tetris. I don't like Tetris that much because it, I think I remember the NES version in level 20. Uh, I never got to level 20, but I remember watching like my mom play level 20 and it was mm-hmm. just like, Oh my goodness! This is intense. The music, the music's intense. The everything's going fast. The colors change. It's like really dark and rusty. It feels like it's like ah. <laughs> uh, and I was never Donkey Kong. I was I could get to the second level, but I I think I got to the third level once. Yeah. Uh, so is there? Do you think there's a point where so like like everything? Uh, there is a point where too much is, is too much. And um, I don't know if there's like a numerical value for like how much time spending video games is too much uh, for your, for too much time out of your life to set aside to live in another world, um, in a virtual world. But uh, I'd say on average, I probably spend maybe five or six hours a week playing video games. Yep. And that's about it. I have gotten up to maybe 10 to 20 hours or 15 to 20 hours a week, but I probably am right now at like five hours a week right now. Uh, so do you think there's a healthy amount and, and do you think there's a point where it becomes unhealthy? I think, yeah, well, I, yeah, I think it's different for everyone. It's the same like with reading books. We say like reading is such a great thing. Uh, and it's a form of escapism that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Uh, and it has a lot of like scientific uh, research backing that reading is really good. Yeah. But 
it also could be really bad because you could be all, you could just never do anything else. You just always want to read. Yeah. And what makes reading really good is it helps with your relationships in the, in the world. Right. Uh, but if all you're reading, you have no relationships in the world. You're not having those interactions. Yeah. And so video games, they can be really good in scientifically and helping you with like dexterity, motor skills, problem solving, uh, different things like that. But if all you're doing playing video games, then those scientific helps don't do anything. That's a side note to it. Like if you're saying like these are, it's good for me to do this because it gives me skills. Well, if all you're doing is playing video games, you're not getting those skills. So that's not your reason for playing video really, games. And if you do get them, you're not applying to anything, yeah. uh, anything yeah. productive for your actual life, right? But so, yeah, so you got to be careful when you say like, it's, okay, it's not okay to play a game probably 20 hours a day and saying, I'm getting really good dexterity because at, there, there's, there's a point where you're not anymore. Uh, I think it's yeah. different for everybody. If it's like, there are a lot of people who it's their job to play video games. That's how they make their money. And, um, and for them, it, it's obviously there's a, there needs to be a limit uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that when you see people who are like YouTube um, people or Twitch streamers, like you can't just always be on, you have to make it like a work day. Yeah. And I think if it's your job, you should probably treat it like it's an actual job that in which you go to the, an actual job in which you go, not like it's not a job. It is an actual job, but a job where you would go into a building, clock in and then clock out after 30 to 50 hours or. Right. And a lot of people who have, uh, who are basically full-time YouTubers who have like their own closet or room of some sort. Uh, and they got the soundproof, uh, stuff all around they got a little studio set up or whatever and when they're in that room that's the office right i'm, I'm using air quotes here for those of you who can't see which is everyone because i'm <laughs> it's but, not a video yeah but uh yeah so you go to the office do your thing come out and have a normal well i say normal there's no there's no such thing as a normal life but you know you live and a non you you a non-game centric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> clock out of your day job. Yeah. Uh, which is important. So if, if there are any aspiring people who want to work in video games or work playing video games, just remember it is a job. Yeah. And if you treat it like, if you treat your hobby, if you treat it like a hobby that you're making money off of, it's probably going to, you're probably going to have a burnout really fast. Yeah. It'll consume you for a while and then you'll get tired of it. Yeah. So like any, anything, this is there, there's a common thing. Like don't make, don't try to make money off your hobbies. Um, right. Right. Which is why this, our podcast and our, uh, little mini empire we've got going on here. Yeah. Uh, we have no intention on, on monetizing it whatsoever because I feel like it would kind of, take away from it and make it, it would turn it into a job. And yeah. no. don't get me wrong though. If we get the thousand viewers and 3000 hours on YouTube, I will have no problem turning on the monetization to get oh, no. our 30 cents back. Per. Absolutely. Absolutely. As much as I'm 
as much as I poured into this so far. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I've poured a lot of money into a video I've yet to record. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah. working on for three months, uh, which is about video games. See that come out maybe, maybe in the next year. Uh, but that's the nature but, of having a hobby that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there is a difference. Like we're not planning on quitting our day jobs uh, right. to go become YouTube stars. Um, that's, that's just not it. That's not in the cards. It would take a lot of luck for us to even consider that, I think. And right. we're not doing the things that you need to do to cr create that sort of luck. Right. Cause yeah. it's not just luck. There is a lot of skill involved in having a successful video game career, which a lot of our YouTube is video games. Um, so far. Yeah. We, we have plans to, spread out but we just uh some of those ha th some of those involve you know a post-pandemic world i feel like yeah or enough time to actually do the things because again you know there is still the issue of having normal jobs and stuff like that yeah when um, you have a normal job uh and you have a life outside of work and then you also do podcasts and a youtube channel you just don't have much time to do much else yeah um but yeah, so I think video games can be healthy form of escapism, but there are points where you start noticing that you're not doing the things you're supposed to do. Uh, if you're not following through your chores or your needs uh, that you need to do, not like you're e not eating or drinking, I'm talking about like taking out the trash. <laughs> yeah. Or cleaning right. up or, yeah. you know, having Exercising. interaction. Yeah. Or having reading. interaction yeah yeah or yeah or doing other forms of uh you know like if you're in a relationship and you're not talking to your partner uh yeah. that's a problem if you're coming home every day from work and then plugging in the ps3 and loading it up and playing until 10 o'clock at night and then hitting the sack and wake up the next morning and doing it all again it seems like it might be uh an unhealthy lifestyle <laughs> yes also uh it's 2020 why do you why are you still playing a ps3 whatever ps4 <laughs> i don't know we say it's two people who plays super nintendos uh, yeah true i like we're not we're not our two our first two playthroughs on uh, uh on our playthrough channel are super nintendo games uh, because it's 2020 and the Super Nintendo has not been the console of Nintendo's choice for 24 years. Well, they're putting the games on the console of their choice, so we're still playing them. Yeah, um, that's true. We enjoy it, but yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, maybe someday we'll play something. A modern game. Yeah, something that came out in the past two years. When Fallout 5 comes out, I'll play Fallout 5 online. When <laughs> we'll is that, that supposed to come out? Like three years from now? If okay. ever? I don't know. If ever? Yeah. Maybe maybe Bethesda will sell it to another company. I don't remember who had the original Fallout. Uh, Fallout Black and Isle. Fallout 2. There's Black Isle Studios, Interplay. Yeah, all defunct game developers at this point. That's another thing about video games is that uh, developers come and go, and it's very difficult for somebody to get a like a lasting impact on uh, yeah. on the gaming industry because people lose interest in their games so quickly, yeah. or they and start screwing up. 
So last time we talked about sports and the problems with sports uh, was a big focus. So we probably should get into the problems with the video with video games. So I, uh, we already hit on one of them, the fact that they can consume your life because it's yes. so immersive. Um, can absolutely uh, consume your life. Um, there's probably some negative health effects of looking at a screen for a number of hours a day. Um, that goes with, yeah. with normal work and with looking at an LCD screen is looking at an LCD screen, what, no matter what's on it. So, yeah. Um, uh, this is why retro games, as long as C you get a CRT, CRT. can be much healthier, honestly. <laughs> That's probably true. As long or they as used to win. say, like, don't sit too close to the TV like when you were a kid or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that radiation burn. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually know if there's a radiation burn that comes off those old TVs because, you know, it's 2020. I don't think any, I don't have any of those TVs, those old, old TVs that work. But, yes, so, yeah, you could be playing too much, which is a thing that happens. Um, it gets talked about a lot more than other things. Uh, I don't really want to get into it right now, but I do have a wonder when we talk about books, movies, sports, theme parks, video games, music, and we look at those and we're like, well, video games is the odd one out. Like all the others are great forms of escapism. Right. And something that's quite interesting that I, I just thought about it when you were talking about this earlier is video games are the only one of those industries that are that historically are not US based. The biggest video game companies, Sony and Nintendo, are Japanese. That's true. Sega, Japanese. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into all of them, but the major, like the the vast majority of the shareholds share of the, the share of video game industry is is. Japanese yeah um, and we, you know you talk about Xbox but let's face it Xbox is not selling or making the money that Nintendo and Sony is making it never has and that's I, I don't know if that's their goal they're never going they've never had a hundred million uh, they never had a console sell over a hundred million um, have a hundred million sales Nintendo and Sony have had many yeah that's Actually, true. Xbox. One of the Xboxes might have hit a hundred million. I don't think any of them. Three sixty may have. We'll have to look that up. Uh, but yeah. Nintendo has had several. PlayStation, yeah. almost all of theirs have, uh, as long as we take out the portable. And uh, I think PlayStation Three, it might have. I don't know. But yeah, so you have a good chunk of it comes out of one country that is not an American country, whereas Hollywood. Uh, most of the major music labels, theme parks, they may be all across the world, but you know what? Disney World yeah. is a U.S. company. Uh, books, well, we have a lot of publishers here. Yeah, that's uh, true, but a lot of game developers are still U.S.-based. Like a lot of the major developers, um, like uh, Electronic Arts is U.S.-based. Um this is where I kind of get weak because I don't like pay attention to developers that much, but Bethesda yeah. is definitely US based. Uh, trying to think of other developers that I know off the top of my head. Um, Activision is still around. But mm. yeah, but you look at some others like Ubisoft, not US based. Right. Uh, um, and um, 
not to keep going on this, maybe the most famous and the most prolific developer, Nintendo. Oh, right, 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 yeah. None of their stuff is made in the U.S. Yeah. They don't even consult with America when they make their stuff until right. after it's already made. Right. As the famous Super Mario uh, Brothers 2. Right. Differences. Yes. Look it up if you don't know what we're talking about, why yeah. that changed. But yeah, basically, uh, they're, they're one of the biggest developers. And there are a few that are international as well. There are many that are international. And we're thinking of like the big ones. I think, uh, who does Grand Theft Auto? Is that Rockstar? Yeah, Rockstar. Is that U.S. based? I think yeah, it's Bethesda. I think, so, yeah. I think it's U.S. based. What about Rare? Right. I don't know what Rare is. Rare is uh, England. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Huh. And okay. I don't even know if it technically exists anymore. I think they just was it the Donkey Kong for the Wii, I believe. Not Rare. Rare didn't that was, do that one. That wasn't Rare. Okay. No, Rare got bought out by uh, Microsoft. That's right, yeah. They were going to get bought out by Nintendo, but for some reason that didn't happen, and, they, and Microsoft bought them, and uh, most of the team that was created Rare now works at Playtonic, though some of the Rare people are still there. But a right. lot of the original Rare team is Playtonic. Right. So Obsidian is another one of those um, slightly, well, Obsidian just got bought out by Microsoft too, but they, they're the ones who developed Fallout New Vegas. And uh, the new one they put out was The Outer Worlds, um, which is like a um, kind of a, oh, I don't want to give away the plot, but it's very Fallout-esque in, in its gameplay as far as being an RPG and everything. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so back to some of the problems and getting well. into... Everything wrong with video games. <laughs> yes. So let, let me talk about one particular, uh, and it's an American one. I checked this out. Uh, Naughty Dog. Now, anybody who's been paying a lot of attention to video games recently knows this name. Uh, so I'll give you a little history of Naughty Dog. So Naughty Dog is famous uh, way I know them, because back when I play, had PlayStation, uh, the Crash Bandicoot series. Crash 1, 2, and 3. Uh, they, create, they also created, I think, Crash Team Racing, but I'm not sure on that. Uh, great series. Loved it. Loved it. They move on. They lose the rights to it because it was the deal they made with Universal. Uh, they go on to make other games. The most famous game that they probably ever made is not Crash Bandicoot. It's probably The Last of Us, which is a great game from what I've heard. I've never played it. Okay. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about The Last of Us Part Two, which okay. uh, people did not like the way The Last of Us Part Two plot-wise went. And I'm okay. not here to debate the plot of The Last of Us Part Two, so please do not think about that. What I'm here to say is people didn't like it so much they started sending death threats to the developers. Really? Yes. Said, you ruined our game. You terrible people. They called out the fact that the main character was uh, a female. They didn't like. She's gay. They didn't like. Uh, wow. Uh, there are other things I'm not going to get into because I don't want to mention some of them because no, spoilers, whatnot, whatever. Uh, 
but because this game just came out like a month ago or two months ago. I can't remember. But anyway, a lot of death threats, uh, which is not uncommon when people do not like the way a video game's gone. And if you have any sort of LGBT representation in a video game, you'll see a lot of backlash. Uh, really? And review bombs. Last of Us Part Two got review bombed, which means on like uh, Metacritic, um, yeah, they uh, just rated it zero out of ten, basically, to the point that Metacritic does not allow uh, you to rate a game unless it's been out for like a week. Really? They've they've stopped the user. They're about to probably stop uh, fan ratings of video games, and just go just type in the Last of Us Part Two on. Um, Twitter, if you're okay with learning spoilers about the game, and just read the comments underneath, like the Naughty Dog people uh, who are talking about the game. Read the comments below it, where people say you deserve the death threats. Wow! So what you mean is like the fandom uh, overzealous, toxic, uh, emotional investment. Yeah. Wow. My another one. So you're like, oh, that's one developer. Let's go to the most family wholesome one, Nintendo. Super Smash Brothers. Uh, we'll just go into the game first. We won't get into, I'll get into something else. Uh, they had uh, one of the DLC characters came out and it was a guy from Fire Emblem. So they basically, all the fan, a bunch of fans, I can't say all of them, but a very, very large group of people, which I still think is the minority, uh, criticized like mean or we get into Pokemon where they didn't like the new Pokemon game a game for children I might add right. uh, all Pokemon have been for children I don't care who you are I know you've been playing since 1997 that's cool and all but it's still a game for kids right. uh, it's always has been I still I play Pokemon Go that's the only Pokemon game I play it's a game for kids I still play it I don't care but it's a game for kids. I know that. Uh, they tried to, uh, if I remember correctly, accuse the creator of Pokemon or the developer, main guy behind Pokemon, of being a sexual predator. They created fake accounts, accused them of that, just because they didn't like the way the game was designed. What? Are you serious? Not a joke. Uh, and, Mace, and here was the reason what they didn't like about the game design. Uh, not that the game, the graphics, that wasn't even a thing at the time. They didn't like it that instead of putting over a thousand Pokemon in the game, he cut it down to just 300. Wow. Uh, and that seems like, oh, but they've always put all the Pokemon in the game. And my favorite reaction was someone saying, I'm not playing Madden, the new Madden game, because it doesn't have every single player from every single Madden season. Right. And it's like, yeah, see how stupid it sounds? Yeah. Uh, I know we're, we could get some backlash on this. So let's keep going. Super Smash Brothers. So you're like, oh my goodness, the fans. But, but there are good communities, right? There are really strong communities of players that love each other and care about each other. Let's go back to Super Smash Brothers. There's a community of Super Smash Brothers players who they comp play competitively, right? There's a yeah. lot of comp competitive play in different places. Yeah. Year, it came out that like, I think 20 or 30 of the main Super Smash Brothers players either were engaged in, knew about, or condoned pedophilia. 
What? Straight up. Not sexual assault. Not No, excuse me, not just sexual assault, but like going after kids under the age of 18 and people saying, well, they're 16. It's, it's okay. The age of consent's fine. You'll see these comments. What are you talking about? And one of where, the, where are these comments appearing? These, these comments are appearing like Discord forums forum or something? Or Twitter, what? Discord, Reddit. You can get all this information from there. I follow a lot of uh, Twitter. I follow a lot of video game stuff, especially Nintendo related. Yeah. And I'm hearing all about it. Jesus. Uh, so I'm only going, I'm, I'm just skimming the surface. Uh, Speedrunning and uh, speedrunning community. I love the speedrunning community. Uh, it's something I've always loved to do, speedrun games. I'm not great at it. I'm not a speedrunner. I'm not, like, super involved in the community. I just follow a bunch of people in the community. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I love about it is they're very, very open, generally LGBT-friendly, uh, very, like, probably the most in video games, I think. But they still aren't a, a lot, aren't uh, immune from it. A lot of information's come out recently about it's not as bad as the Smash Brothers community, but there's a lot of sexual assault going on in the speedrunning community. That's happened at their biggest event, which was Games Done Quick, which is a huge event. Like last year when it was back in January, the last one that was run raised over $3 million. And those are charity events. Yeah. Yeah. And sexual assault going on behind the scenes. Jesus. Well, it's like I said last time, anytime you have a huge gathering of people, like we talked about the Super Bowl or with the Olympics or whatever, there's going to be all that sort of um, bullshit going on. That's crazy. And this doesn't even get into the people, the people who are like gamers are only men. Uh, Anybody who is not straight, not manly, isn't a gamer. Uh, This doesn't get into the people who are like, if you play Nintendo games or if you play Xbox Xbox games or if you play Sony games, you're not a real gamer. Uh, Console Wars, believe it or not, not really still a thing, but people still want to make it a thing. Right. Uh, uh, And you just have all these people fighting. Oh, you like Animal Crossings? You're an idiot. Yeah. Oh, you play Call of Duty? You're so stupid. It's like, that goes on. So speaking of Call of Duty and... um, the whole gender bias with video games, sexism in video game, in video game communities is, is definitely a real thing. Yes. Like if you've ever played call of duty online or any other online video game and there's a female on the line, you can hear all the different comments that they receive that that's what I don't want to play. You know what I mean? So uh so yeah uh you you get that and then you look at the you look at the video games themselves and you see how the men are dressed versus how the women are dressed in some of these video games oh yeah just in design yeah the design of them it's like oh this is this is sketchy at best yeah uh yeah let's take that towards the audience right and since the audience of video games is predominantly male at least traditionally predominantly male that's, that's the belief. That's, so that's, a lot of right. yeah, a lot of studies and research say it's probably about fifty-fifty at this yeah. point. Yeah, um, and it's a different type of video games. Yes, I don't think you're. There are some indus, There's some video game industries that you're just not going to see many women try to get into because it's so toxic. Yeah, uh, 
there's some industries that you probably right now should not get into because they are literally uh, dangerous at this point. Um, and people don't realize this, how much sexual abuse and is going on behind the scenes and just video game fandoms. Yeah. So to the point where, do you want to be called a gamer? Right. Yeah. And things that I did not bring up, I'm not getting into, but I'm just going to mention, we didn't say it. We didn't bring it up. I don't have enough details on it. And I've tried to not think about it for the past six years. Uh, Gamergate. We did not even get into that. Look that up if you want to. It's about to- it's about men being toxic and harassing and abusing women in gaming. And they still defend it. A bunch of people still defend it. Like, oh, the women deserved it. I don't were, think I know what that is. So. And this happened, uh, I think, circa 2014. Uh, and there you'll still see the defense of it. And I know... Some of you out there listening are going to be annoyed by what I'm saying, but here's the thing. Like if you're attacking people for liking video games, get out of the end, get out, go play go to another place. Yeah. <laughs> also I mean, stop listening to our stuff. I'm just going to straight up say it. If you're that <laughs> kind of jerk who's going to attack people for liking things, just, just turn this podcast off and go, go watch. Joe <laughs> yeah and Neil deGrasse Tyson you are yeah. the type of person who deserves to have to listen to him <laughs> I like I like Joe Rogan in some, in some instances and others I'm just like uh, no. there, there are things that he's just he's so uh, there are certain things that because the way he is so anti-LGBT in certain veins I'm just like yeah. I, you're done I'm done with you I can't do that if you're going to be anti-certain people certain group if you're going to cut out groups of people because you're not they're not like you i'm not going to listen to anything you have to say yeah and you're like oh you shouldn't do that you should listen to other people well if if other people think people like you shouldn't exist you don't have to listen to them that's got to be a mutual relationship right if, if i'm going to listen to what you have to say about something then you should be able to listen to what i have to say about it and then yeah. but oftentimes the conversations are one way um yeah in every so, in every community for anything um, and and that's why, like, if you're in video games, hey, there are a lot of positive communities that, but there are a lot of really loud negative communities that we have to get into. That is bad as sports. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It has not come out a lot of stuff about the video game community yet. A lot, I, as I said, the Super Smash Brothers community. What's been going on for like the past like six years or mm. longer? It's just now coming out. Uh, so when we look at sports, we know about this stuff because we learned about it a long time ago. People were covering it back then, and now people are just starting to put an, uh, put an eye to the video game community and say, like, are these dangerous? Well, and the, the movie and Hollywood and the movie industry has got the same sort of issues with sexism and sexual assault and all this other, and pedophilia and all this other kind of crap, too. I think it's a human thing more than it is a, a video game thing. Yeah. That's true. Like we just don't know about it in certain things. And let's just face it. Like I've been hearing about Louis CK being a very terrible individual to women for years before he finally got out it to the world as being a jerk toward women. And like it'd been known for years, the same for Bill Cosby. Yeah. Uh, So you'll hear those rumors and those rumors will get louder and louder before people are like, 
oh yeah, maybe this is a bad guy. And yeah. then he turns around and they both, well, Bill Cosby's in jail, but Louis C.K. is going to have a renaissance in his career and he's going to be, he's going to be fine. He's going to get away with it, even though he did some pretty terrible things to women. Yeah. Well, Charlie Sheen is a pretty terrible person too when it comes to women as well. Yes. And he's living with those consequences now. Um, and then some of them get elected president. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing I know it's 2020 and you think you know who I'm talking about but here's the thing it could be any of them I mean honestly yeah I mean if you look to who our president was during the 80s he probably wasn't much better um, and the 90s yeah and the, and the 70s and, yeah. yeah so moral purity does not exist um, no. amongst the privileged elite no matter what genre of entertainment or politics you're interested in, um, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or a gamer or a movie buff or a, 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 you know a, a bookworm or oh yeah, we didn't even get into like also sexual assault uh, and sexual abuse in the book industry. It it's it's been happening. It's yeah. it's like starting to get it, people are starting to talk about it now. No industry is a mean. Yeah. So there's no good industry. Uh, that's why you, you got to be careful. And but, don't hate people for liking something that is not harming other people. I mean, that's my entire non aggression principle <laughs> thing right there, right? Yeah. So, like, obviously, we're not going to get into like, uh, there are things that people like that do harm other people. There are certain types of pornography that is very harmful to other people. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Even some types of porn is, is psychologically damaging to the viewer. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and it's you, I don't know, you the listener know this, but a lot of pornography, those who are acting in it, uh, especially a lot of the women, aren't really consenting to that acting. Right. Uh, yeah. That's why you got to be very careful. If you want to be an ethical person who's watching porn, you got to really do your research yeah. to make sure that you are watching ethical porn, which is a weird thing to say, but it does exist. And it's really important to not support unethical porn. Yeah. And I guess on that, on that topic, I mean, we can go into probably won't spend a lot of time on it, but just the, um, the prohibition on the sex industry, uh, the, the, the legal prohibition on the sex industry uh, forces the sex industry into the black market, which makes it unregulated and causes these kinds of problems and, and drives up human trafficking and all sorts of other issues. Um, but yeah, yeah. So do the big thing. The thing you can do is don't support people who are being terrible humans. So, like, if you hear about a game studio, we also did not get into crunch uh, uh, where they make, where several game studios, including Naughty Dog uh, and Rockstar, have made their staff work 80 to 120 hours a week. Yeah. Uh, overtime, not getting paid necessarily, just work, work, work to get a game out. Uh, sometimes because it's just going long and sometimes because of mismanagement um, yeah. and the crunch is there. And sometimes, yeah, crunch is a thing in any industry, but uh, the working conditions we've learned about some developer studios is not great. Um, yeah. And it's, 
it's hard, but sometimes maybe you should just like, and for me too, it was like not support that. It's so hard to, to just, to be cognitively aware of all these different issues um, within every industry, whether it comes to terrible internal business practices with Amazon or yeah. Apple um, or literally like Hanes freaking underwear, which is made by child labor in third world countries in China and shit. Like it's, if, if I feel like if you were to attempt to live a life of purely morally ethical uh, consumerism, it would be basically impossible. <laughs> so, yeah. So spoiler alert for a movie, a TV show, but we just described the plot of the good place. Did we? Yes. Okay, so I still never seen it. Like I said before, oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah, it gets into that uh, how difficult it is to be a good human being. Yeah. One of my favorite lines is, uh, "And there's a chicken that tastes really." I could be misquoting, but there's chicken that's really good. But if you eat it, you hate gay people. <laughs> really? Oh, even the food industry. Holy shit! The amount of unethical shit that happens in the food industry. Like, if you ever seen Food Inc. All right, so watch fucking Food Inc. If you haven't ever watched it. It talks about how hard. Have you seen it before? I have not. It looks like propaganda type documentaries, and that's where you, uh, you got to be careful with those because they kind of push a narrative and they also fake some of the stuff. Yeah. I don't know if Fooding does that. I know Super Size Me did that. Uh, I haven't seen that one. He faked, he didn't necessarily fake it, but he pushed a narrative and he, well, also, dude is the guy who created Super Size Me, I think, is done sexual abuse to go figure Here not in that yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like that but anyway uh oh let me double check on that before i say that i can't just say that um <laughs> i don't want to but anyway uh like he kind of pushed uh, he kind of pushed uh this idea that if you eat mcdonald's all the time you're going to get fat and this this narrative that uh was kind of true, but also he did some things that weren't exactly responsible in how he did it. You'd have to look it up. What about Jared he, from Subway? The fucking oh golly. spokesman from Subway. What was, what was his thing? Like it was like uh, convicted of like sexual assault or pedophilia. I don't remember what it was. Yes. Um, so the guy who did uh, uh, Morgan Spurlock did supersize me and he did admit to se- sexual misconduct. So. Okay. Uh, yes, Jarrett uh, Fogel from uh, Subway. Uh, he was a part of uh, pedophilia. Yeah. And and uh, thing about it is Subway kind of knew it was going on, but didn't want to do anything about it because they were afraid it would hurt their brand. So let's see. So guess uh, what happened when it came out that he was doing things that he shouldn't definitely not have been doing. That's so harming people, FYI. I don't care if they're 17. They're underage. Right. That still counts. That is such a weird argument that we have to have today in age. Are they technically, they're only technically a minor. That means right. they're a minor. Technically <laughs> is legit. Anyway, sorry. So we can't play Rockstar video games. We can't go to Subway. We can't go to McDonald's. We can't watch a lot of documentaries. Uh, we can't go to Walmart. We can't buy Apple products. We can't buy Microsoft. We can't buy, we can't use Google. Bye. Uh, <laughs> can't buy Nike. Can't, can't buy use Nike. Amazon. No Hanes underwear for you. Uh, 
no naughty dog because they've also done some things. Yeah, just it's it's tough. It is, and we do make choices and what we're going to accept. Uh, and we got to remember, like at the end of the day, these are businesses. Their job is to make money yeah. by any means. By and I think people, and if it's, it means exploiting their employees for by through using either child labor or slave labor or um, unpaid overtime or whatever other utility they have at their disposal, then they'll do it. Let's see. I want to do quick math here. So let me. Uh, so. Uh, that can't be right. <laughs> uh, okay. So Jeff Bezos is apparently worth $176 billion. Yeah. But he's getting a divorce, I believe. Is that oh, right? So, so I thought gonna, he already did. Maybe he did. So hold on. How many is a billion? $176 billion. So if he gave away... Um, If he gave away all but $2 million, which is no joke, such a low number. If he gave away 99.99% of his money, he'd still be worth $2 million. Yeah. And he'd give away $175,800,000,000. Yeah. Which he could literally know. feed the entire planet with that money. He could do a lot of things with that money. Granted, I get it. You could get into some ideas like he technically doesn't have none. That money isn't liquid. I know the vast majority of that money isn't liquid. There's some thing, There's some stipulations why he couldn't just give away all that money uh, that we don't even know about probably. But he could give away a good chunk of it. Uh, and so could like, so could Bill Gates and so could fucking yeah. Tim Cook and everyone else. Uh, I just went with the person who's worth the most. Well, Zucky, uh, Zucky could do it too. You know what I yeah. mean? The between yeah, five people on the fucking planet, you could you could basically save everything. You could fix climate control. You could uh, you could uh, develop renewable energy. You could. I mean, there's so much you could do with that money. And you know what he does? What Jeff Bezos' company does? It limits the amount of pee breaks that his employees can get so they can make more money yeah because at the end of the day piss breaks they get yeah. zero because you're given like a I had a friend that worked there at the at the fucking warehouse you're given like um a 15 minute break every four hours i think and your lunch is 30 minutes so if you go for an eight hour day you get two 15 minute breaks during the day and you get 30 minutes which most uh, Amazon warehouses are kind of in remote locations because of the size of them. They have to be that it would look like there is no way for somebody to be able to leave the warehouse, go run to subway and buy a Jared subway sandwich and get back to work within 30 minutes, especially with the fact that whenever you go into the warehouse, there's these uh, security turnstiles that basically make sure that you're not carrying a phone or an Apple watch or any kind of, um, uh, electronic device that can trace your steps because they don't want you knowing how many steps you walk during an average day. So the pedometers and the Fitbits and all that shit, you can't work any of that stuff inside the warehouse. Um, and 
not to mention, I will say this, like, yeah, most eight hour days you get two 15 minute breaks and a 30 minute lunch. True. That's a lot of businesses do that. However, how far do you have to walk to get to the break room? Right. Or the bathroom. I bet you, yeah. Uh, or yeah. I bet you at Amazon, uh, it takes like 10 to 15 minutes in some places to yeah. get to that. So uh, God forbid. And the thing is at Amazon, every step you take is tracked and you're on this time limit and you got this little fucking so, iPhone so looking device. You're saying yeah. every step you take, every, every move you, you make. make. Bezos is watching you. <laughs> Can't you see? <laughs> you, belong. you belong to, to Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we've completely deviated yes. off video games. I oh. will I will turn it back, pull it back around. So basically saying do the things you love. Don't hurt other people. Uh, don't in, try to do your best to be ethical. It's tough, but just learn and try to be ethical as best as you can. It's still hard, but it's still important to be ethical. And also, console world, console wars. Nintendo, Xbox, Sony. Yeah, I get it. You may have a love, and you may have loved them for all time. But you know what? They're companies, and they're at the end of the day, their job is just to make money. Not to get you to love them. Yeah. They're going to do what they can do to make money and protect their brand. Yes. But on the positive side, um, just like your Disney and your Hulu and your Netflix and your Penguin Publishing and, you know, all these other companies uh, that produce products for you to consume um, as forms of escapism, Video games are just as legitimate a form of escapism with just as many issues as everyone else. Um, So just like everything else, if you're going to be a consumer, then do it smartly and be healthy about it. And if you're going to, uh, and if you're not, then don't openly or don't, don't criticize people who are and just like any other. Yeah. And that's that, that goes for pretty much, any form of escapism uh, that's not involved hurting other people. Or any um, form of any life decision that doesn't yeah. involve hurting other people. So. Because I live by the non-aggression principle. Taking it back to John Stuart Mill on liberty. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and so are video games better than sports? In some ways, yes. And in some ways, no. Uh, playing videos, games versus watching sports entertainment. And if you're like still on the fence about what you should do, pick up the latest Madden video game and just play it. And just do both. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. There. Or if you want to read a book and play video games, get a visual novel. Yeah. Or, you know. Or manga. Yeah. Yeah. Just do do something like that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's nighttime and you should probably go to bed. Yeah. Unless it's not the end of the day right now for you. I didn't really have a good ending there. So video mm-hmm. games, they're, they're just another form of entertainment and escapism. They're no better. They're no worse. And because as we've learned, everything is worse than you thought it was when you were a child. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Oh video yeah. games are no worse. They're no better. But they're not any worse because everything is terrible. Everything sucks. Like MXPX said. 
So with that, you want to wrap up? Yes. So on that note, uh, life is life is not written in in ink to dry, and you'd be stuck playing the same terrible uh, Superman sixty four game that you that you played when you were a little kid. No, things change. You learn Neil deGrasse Tyson is not the type of person you want to pay attention to anymore, and you grow up and you make erases erases you erase past mistakes and you learn from them you try to enjoy things without being a jerk to others right and that is how life is written in pencil 